0: Welcome to the RPG Design Panelcast. Episode 8, Licensing Popular Intellectual
1: Properties. Recorded at Metatopia 2012 by Fred Hicks. Presented by Amanda Valentine, Fred Hicks, and Cam Banks.
2: Uh, I'm Amanda Valentine. I'm the... I'm lots of things, but... um, (laughs) I've worked with Cam on... Dragonlance, and Marvel Heroic Roleplaying, and Smallville, and a little bit on Leverage, etc. Um, etc. Et I also worked with Fred on the Dresden Files, and continuing to work with Fred. Honest,
1: we really are. Truly,
0: truly. Marvel
1: hasn't eaten all of your time, no,
0: just most of it. <laughs> um and it's so very, It's very hungry. It's very hungry. <laughs>
2: <laughs> 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 um, so I'm currently working on the Paranet Papers for Dresden. Um, so I've done a lot of work with licenses some without licenses but the vast majority of my work also has been with licensed products
1: Uh, I'm Fred Hicks from Evil Hub Productions Uh, uh, we've done some uh, unlicensed games Uh, They sound like contraband when I say it that way Uh, (laughs) and uh, as as well as uh, uh, past uh, publishing the Dresden Files role-playing game uh, based on the novel series uh, and uh, upcoming, we've got uh, the Atomic Robo uh, role-playing game uh, that should be showing up early part of next year, uh, based on the comic book series uh, of the same name by wow. by Brian Clivegger and Scott Wagner. You're going to make me remember their names,
2: but you did. It was I beautiful. did. I did. It
1: was the, the, that brief moment of panic, <laughs> and just enough adrenaline <laughs> to remember <laughs> the end of a long day. Well, yes. Uh, uh, the, the, the weird thing just to dive right into it the, the weird thing about my particular slice of experience with this is that uh, uh, I, I, I think I'm kind of the inverse of uh, Cam slash Margaret Weiss Productions uh, uh, experience with licenses in that in both cases the licenses kind of walked up to us and said hey how would you like to do this um, uh, and that's a very different kind of circumstance uh, where you're essentially evaluating the question of I have this opportunity should I uh, whereas with you guys, you were like, "What licenses do I want to pursue? How feasible is it?" Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears> uh, what, are, what are the challenges going yeah. with that? You've also dealt more with—I've dealt more with things that have a print media component, mm-hmm. um, and actually, in both cases, had a comic book uh, thing to br- you know, bring some art assets to the party. You've dealt a lot with uh, television uh, things, which have their own kind of wrinkles. And, and, and so I think all we're going to give done, you yeah. like two very interestingly divergent perspectives on how the Remember licensing that? thing works. Yeah. Yes.
0: Yep. And Amanda is the glue. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, the thing with uh, our stuff, the, the licenses we've, we've done, the, the licenses have been with uh, what amount to uh, gigantic corporations, right? Because um, with Supernatural and with so- Smallville, we went through DC slash Warner Brothers, Marvel, Heroic role playing with Marvel, obviously. Um Electric Entertainment is not a huge company. The ones that, that make leverage, but TNT is quite large, and we had to deal with them when dealing with them. <laughs> so uh, in a very different spirit. I think one thing that also differs is that the way in which you approached is that through people you knew. Yeah. Uh, and that's a, although,
1: although honestly, the the, the approach from uh, Brian Clevenger came from the you know in the 15 minutes after I met and then started to know him, I guess. You know. so but
0: but he had already been aware of the stuff that we did I think had it's a doing. personal side of it. That's mm-hmm. that, that can well, actually lead to greater things in many other cases too. Sure. There probably have been many licenses in the past, uh, properties and other things that have been given to people because they happen to be at the right place, right time. Yeah. That's really cool too. I think um, uh, I would say that we follow a more traditional way of doing this, well of course. Yeah. But not always has it been uh, seamless. Yeah. you know. I mean, um, uh,
1: so. here's, here, let, let, let's talk about the like areas of overlap that we can both agree on. Uh, working on a license, is freaking hard. It's it, it is it is a lot more work. Uh, in all cases, you're going to be dealing with uh, an approval stage that, um, despite adding more time to your time frame, uh, may off, also come with sort of a sense of you need to keep going on this and get this thing out the door. Right. You know, we we got a very indulgent. Uh, licensee in the, the Dresden files thing I, we've got a fairly uh, you know, uh, uh, friendly, comfortable flexible relationship with the Atomic Robo guys too but you know, we're trying to do that one <laughs> much faster than we've got the uh, Dresden files out the door um, but you guys get on the clock mm-hmm. uh, like on the moment that contract gets inked, sometimes before Yep. Um, and you've got a, a window of acceptable public publication that, yep. since you're dealing with a corporation, isn't
0: going to have to say that. They, kind of they expect you to, if you say that you can do something with a certain window of time, they're thinking about in quarters, you know, in like the years. and uh, They want the numbers to add up at the end of the year, just like anyone else does. And if they have this floating license that sort of hangs out there, which is, I mean, I think, uh, I don't want to go too much into specifics because I don't have uh, the financial side that you might have also. Mm. I do know that licensing in general is really expensive. Uh, unless you have a special I mean, arrangement somehow. Yeah. But in general, you're actually paying for what you perceive as being something that will earn back something in the end product. Yep. If you didn't want to spend a lot of money to do a, a license, you would do what some people do, which is just produce a game that really is the same thing, but hasn't right. got the IP. So I can totally cross my eyes and tell them this is the Cowboy
1: Bebop RPG, even though it's not right. Cowboy Bebop, for example. Um, uh, yeah, you'll... you'll uh, uh, filing the serial numbers off is a great way to salvage a, pro- a project that you thought was going to have a license, and it turns out that you know uh, the guy's agent is a dick, and you're just never able to get past that wall, um, or uh, the, the corporation has no real understanding of uh, you know the, the the rather tiny numbers that happen in the economics of a uh, of a role-playing game uh, scenario, and uh, uh, they're saying, okay, well. Um, pay us $50,000 or or something like that. And you're like, oh, no. Um, uh, And uh, there are other complications that you can run into. Things like, uh, yeah, we're doing a television show, except this recurring character that showed up in a third of the episodes, Uh, his contract for working on that show was such that they couldn't convey rights to use his image in any other Mm -hmm. context. So you can't use any of that stuff. Yep. Uh, you know, from your, from, from episodes, three, you know, three
0: through thirteen. Yep. crap! Yep. Um.
2: We couldn't have uh, extras in the background because they didn't have permission to use those yep. images.
0: Um, um, the weird thing was, if they were uh, SAG actors, then the approvals were like already in place. they already yep. signed away their rights. However, like shows like Smallville and Supernatural are filmed in Vancouver, right? Because it's cheaper, and also because that's Canada's uh, sort of market for that kind of thing. was just enormous. But most of these people who you see in these shows are Canadians and do not have to sign this actors guild thing at all. And <laughs> so or, where do you know, the extras
1: come from, Canada? Yeah, okay, we Canada. have
0: an interesting answer okay. to that. Right. <laughs> so uh, you know, in fact, most of the places you see are actually parts of Vancouver or British Columbia, filmed and dressed up like somewhere from the X Files or somewhere from Krypton.
2: Yeah, I didn't sorry. know there were mountains in Kansas. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: yes. <laughs> so. Um, The thing that that comes with that, though, too, is this notion that you don't already own a whole lot of the stuff that you do. Um, To a degree, you do, because things like game systems are things you can hold in perpetuity, and you can say, we our approach, this is ours, and we can kind of talk about our game. But uh, when it comes down to it, depending on the license, quite often... Uh, with a company for example like with Marvel they really do own all those images that we license from them. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day if they say you can't sell this anymore or you can't do this or that image is not going to work, we don't want you using that, there's nothing you can do about it.
1: Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of uh, stuff where you're simply just not in the driver's seat uh, yeah. on a license thing. Um, you know, The upshot is you're going to work on this really cool thing and uh, you know, if you uh, produce something that is faithful to uh, you know, creating the experience of the property in a role-playing game or a board game or whatever it is, um, uh, the fans will really adore you for it. Uh, you know, and uh, that can turn into much more money than you expected. But um, but you can also have something tank. Uh, uh, you know, luckily on our one licensed property so far, we we have not experienced it tanking. Uh, you've had you've had some
0: big, yeah, big mean, booms and it, a few busts. It, it, it's mixed. I mean, as far as role playing game budgets and money and things go, I mean they're all probably better than say, you know, a person who just puts a book out there and sells five copies. Well, sure. But on the on the scale of like, you know, I think that games like serenity did incredibly huge amounts, whereas uh, it went down a little bit from there. So, but the, the, Marvel, the
1: costs are bigger. Yeah. and The, the uh, rewards can be bigger. Hopefully, they're big enough to at least. There's a lot of costs. math. There's a lot of math. <laughs> a lot of math involved. yeah
3: well, you mentioned costs, um, and you mentioned you know
1: fifty thousand dollars or whatever. It just yeah, that was, that was yeah. well, i mean, I've never really, pursued a TV property, so I don't know.
3: Like, how much is, is it? Really, an earnest money sort of situation? These licenses. Uh, you'll you show up with it. You know, thanks for the check. You
1: know, sort of. Well, I mean, like, li- licenses, licensing deals. Uh, no two licensing deals are alike, really. Um, you know, because every uh, every company that is. Uh, it, you willing to give you an audience long enough to entertain the notion that you might that one is going to have different ideas of what they what they're gonna find acceptable um, the two components are, are, are typically uh, some percentage of the uh, cover price or the sale price of uh, of each sale made of the game um, uh, as far as their ongoing royalty uh, thing and the other part is your upfront um, getting the opportunity to even work on it in the first place, and if you're lucky, you'll get a um, you know licensor who's willing to make that number fairly small for you. And
3: um, is, is that number typically like here's a number, or is it or or you can offer across, you can like offer
1: a number, they can offer you a number. Royalty, right?
0: That's what the first. Yeah, it's it's often it's, it's, it's often, a, it's and often an advance. in right. case, the advancing against royalty seems like a standard because they're saying you know you paid as much money and then. You know, we automatically we get that, so we're covered for X amounts of Yeah, units we, of of we would
1: like you to sell at least 2,000 copies, so we're going to ask for upfront money. That would be what the royalty would
0: add up to for that. Which is why you had to present with them in your proposal that kind of thing. If you're coming down to the point where discussing the actual license is going to go through, or you're pitching it and people are being serious, you, you then had to kind of come up with some numbers like that. Yeah. And say, we believe, based on our audience, that we can sell 10 copies of this book in our Barnes & Noble somewhere in Iowa and then they say well that's probably not going to fly <laughs> but if you say we've previously had success with this game like if Fred say we files to this much and provide sales numbers and other kinds of information people at the other side think ooh numbers are great and they'll look at that and say this is good we'll help. that helps us along mm-hmm. um, we're lucky too we've had that success in the past we can use that as a, as a part of it but there's no reason why you can't approach someone uh, even having not had any actual background in doing it before so long as you can at least somehow justify or pay up uh, something to make yeah. them happy. Yeah, yeah
1: I mean, uh, uh, one of the things, the, the attributes of my, my otter uh, version of uh, getting a license is where I've had opportunities come to me and i uh, make a decision whether or not it's something to work with, is that that, that often means that I'm, I'm in a position of a little bit more negotiate, negotiating power, power in that if they are interested in people doing a, um, uh, you know, a license of their stuff. They really just want to give me a deal that works for Equal Hat. So you know, you you can try offering something in those circumstances, like a fairly small amount of upfront or even nothing, um, uh, and then uh, you know, hopefully, uh, structure the royalties such that the royalties are being a, based on a percent percentage of the price at which the product was sold, instead of always its cover price, even if you're selling it at forty percent. Yeah, because uh, you know, remainder is distribution. <laughs> um, with Dresden Vials, uh, we're paying a um, royalty on the full MSRP every time, even if we're selling it only for forty percent to the distribution. Um, but you know, luckily we've done. It's a property that has supported us doing print runs where our costs are still down far enough that we can absorb that out of the 40 percent. Mm-hmm. It, it's a nice big book, and you know, it's got a good, yeah, it's got a good price point, point price and, point. and uh, the the, the, the you know, when we're printing it to multiple thousands of copies each time, the, the unit cost is low enough that it gets under the you know twenty percent ish or lower of uh, of the cover price that you really needed to be at to have that buffer to pay that royalty out of. The Atomic Robo, the guys are were uh, super, super, super interested in um, uh, Fate being the system for the uh, for fitting to their property, um, so they were just happy with the idea of there will be a game, and these guys obviously know how to make a good one, so uh, we will will give you a deal that gives us confidence and happiness. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so that uh, I was able to apply some of the the, the lessons of, oh my god, I really wish I'd done the percentage based on uh, price of sale instead of uh, full MSRP, Uh, but I just wasn't thinking that all the way through at that time. Um, uh, But yeah, I mean, and and sometimes you're going to be dealing with Somebody's agent is a middleman, sometimes yep. you're going to be dealing with you know, fa- faceless uh, walls of lawyers. You know, they, they, so the, the kinds of deals you're going to be able to get in each of those contexts certainly shifts around. Yeah. This
3: might be a bigger licensing sort of idea, but like the licensing expo, like in Vegas yep. or anything like that, um, or CBS properties or those guys
0: are- I find that there, there are people who actually, this is another thing that's interesting too, there are people who go around as representatives <coughs> of corporations. They'll have a stock number of licenses they've already secured, options uh, and so on. And what they do is they act as the person who just grabs people. They'll go to the uh, toy and hobby conventions and conferences and trade shows, saying, "I'm represent these properties," and they have like a thing. Uh, Would you be interested in these? And they get obviously commissioned through that, and then the person. You, you'll deal with them until they hand over. You can to also find
1: yourself in a bit of a getting hustled kind of. That's situation. The problem, I'm not. Though. I'm not saying that they're that they're guaranteed to be trying to game you yeah. there, but uh, I distrust middlemen. Uh, sort of instinctively, unless I have to have to work with them. Yeah, I don't think um, we've ever worked with anyone like this, but I've seen them
0: in action.
1: Yeah, so, oh, I've totally seen them in action, and I think they may have even been a component of uh, Sandstorm having some uh, issues as they you know, tried to gather up a bunch of licensing opportunities and then yep. you know, uh, weren't able to move forward from that. Um, but... Uh, 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 yeah, I mean, so I, I would uh, actually let me let me use this as an opportunity to talk a little bit about uh, properties that I think are are, are more friendly for licensing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, ones which are owned by the creator. Um, so you're, you're – that means you're going to be dealing with a fairly minimum number of middlemen. You might be dealing with uh, you know somebody the, the creator's lawyer or agent because they. You know, are more confident of having someone deal with that, but you're at most you're one layer separated from the from the creator at that point. Or maybe you can talk with them directly, which is luckily I've been able to do in both cases. Although with Jim, I did work with his agent Jennifer Jackson on on uh, uh, the the actual contract part of it. Um, uh, something that brings with it art assets that you'll be able to use for low or no cost. Yep, um, is a huge component of that.
0: Yeah, we have and access to comic comic books are great for this we have access to marvel's whole uh, uh, the huge mm-hmm. digital archive of images it's always updated and changed and if we want any image from the comic books we want we just tell mm-hmm. them which issue what number page and so on and we
1: get now it. i worked very early on uh, on like the first uh, product for the uh leveraging yep. images it's it's uh, qu- the quick start job um, and uh, uh, one of the challenges that i found in that is that even though you know, they're shooting their show in high definition and all that, you're still getting something that is only uh, you know, a thousand pixels tall. Uh, and uh, that's really great for giving you a wonderful image on a television screen. And it is really crappy for you getting an image that is of any real size when put into print. Yeah, that was um,
0: mostly stuff that was aiming at web audiences, right? Uh, I think that's what yeah. they were going for. So, so what we
1: ended up using um, for like our, our big images and it were uh, some of the promotional shots that they'd actually done with photography, because mm-hmm. that was a very high resolution, much more friendly to print. <coughs> yeah. But uh, if you want to use a lot of stills from a uh, television show, that's the that that's license you've got. Um, you're dealing with stuff <coughs> that will maybe be friendly for printing on like a card game very well. I mean, if that stuff compresses down just fine. Uh, but if you're trying to use it for like more than a quarter page, or mm-hmm. maybe stretching it so that the, the, they can start to see the anti aliasing a bit, a uh, half page image, um, uh, you know, you're, you don't have a
0: lot of uh, flexibility with those. It's with getting those better now that chapters. many shows are going digital and HD. Yeah. Uh, a lot of stuff we had wasn't, and therefore that was the problem. I mean, anything we've done before that's a TV show it was clearly, you look at the book and say, yeah, I can tell that's kind of a still, but um, the, the the problem is, I mean, this is part of the the, the code with the, the territory, right? Mm-hmm. If you know someone's making a game based on something like, say, uh, Battlestar Galactica, you expect to see shots from the show because mm-hmm. it's the show that it's based on. You don't expect to see a whole lot of art made by the company who's licensing it because that would be odd. Um, we had a number of problems with Smallville where we yep. had to have that's what I was thinking. we couldn't get a lot of the actual actors or anything else but we did get someone who that that DC had mm-hmm. the DC uh, bought uh, commissioned the artist to do it and gave us the art based on specs
2: right but it still came from DC yes
0: because uh, DC had actually. to own the art asset right. based on their character right yeah because it was theirs yeah. um, and they were actually we even had an art asset that was done for us by them which we couldn't use because the actor did not uh, agree, or he didn't have time to get the, to go through the process of agreeing to his image being done as an as an art asset. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's complicated, and I think that that's one of the things you want to concern yourself with is, uh, like the art use assets thing. It's cool having the fact that they give you this stuff, but if it's not any good for you, or you have to go through a too many hoops to do it. It could be yeah. a problem. I mean, it was it was serendipitous for us that we took long enough on
1: the uh, uh, the Dresden Files role playing game that uh, it also that the novels also got licensed for a comic book, and they did a you know a full series run of it and started to get into like visual adaptation of the first novel. So we, we actually got access through that. Um, because uh, yeah, this is where it was great. I was presented to the comic book guys as a friend of Jim. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're like, well, we want to keep the guy who's licensing us the right <laughs> to make our comic books happy. So yeah, we'll let uh, you know Evil Hat use the comic book art for nothing. Um, and that gave us a lot of really gorgeous art uh, uh, for the book that we didn't have to additionally commission. You know, We did also commission other art so that it wasn't just the comic book's perspective on what the characters looked like. We'll
2: but the that fact country. that
1: the property... Came to have art assets with it uh, was a huge budgetary win for us. At which point the books had already expanded to the point yeah, where it's that to was. Yeah, the point where i like, okay, really now I can use the art that I've been using, <laughs> I can get new art made, and I can use this existing art. How group, many times do you, know, did you
0: have awesome. up to update your art order essentially for your own budget?
1: Uh, well, you know, with Dozen with Files, I, I did quite a number of things wrong um, in that. Uh, if you look at some, you know, how some artists put the dates on their images when they, when they do it, if you look at some of the dates on some of the images in the Dresden Fellows RPG, they will be embarrassingly many years earlier than its actual publication date. Uh, because, you know, very early on I'm like, okay, well, we're going to have the game design done in the next nine months. You know? <laughs> I better get to work on the art so we have it done in time for the text. And, you know, so I had this big passel of art uh, for when the game was going to, of course, be a black and white thing. Big passel of black and white art. And then, you know, a few more years of development on the on the game. And then we said, oh, and now we've got this comic book art. It's going to be in color. The, the property's gotten large enough to certainly support the thing being color, now I need to figure out how to contextualize and possibly retone and possibly colorize or do other tricks uh, all of this black and white art so that it actually has a home that looks like it belongs in a uh, color uh, you know, full color RPG and I mean it, it, to some extent that almost motivated the, the, the layout having a number of the visual elements uh, uh, to it so that you know, okay this guy did a bunch of grayscale stuff, I can kind of give that a bluish tone and recontextualize it as a photograph um, uh, uh, uh you know, uh, taken of, of for one of the cases. and uh, this other stuff, I'll blend it with the texture of the page so it looks like somebody drew it onto the actual uh, page of the thing and that sort of thing. So uh, you, you, I, I'm, I'm bringing this up because uh, uh, you may find yourself with a uh, uh, license that gives you access to some art assets that you might not think will work. Uh, with uh, how you're with with format that you're actually going to, but a little bit of creativity can can get that stuff recycled for you. Um, so yay on that.
2: <laughs> People have other questions. We're kind of
1: yeah. I think we should. I think we should ma- make this as Q and A as possible. because the, we there are a lot of places we could go and talk yeah. about this. Yeah. I, I go ahead. I was, uh, the only
3: question I would have is: Are there a good set of sample contracting Because it's it's so complicated and the problem very part of the. Uh, um, legalistic uh, game issues that uh, samples bunch as many as possible
1: Very. I think particularly if you're finding yourself in a situation more like Margaret Weiss Productions is doing uh, you are going to be the small entity um, trying to build a contract with Goliath Um, uh, while there are likely sample contracts you could get it's going to be you are not someone who should be messing around with the guts of that contract to adapt it to, yeah. to fit your, your circumstance I'm what just saying case expect case. to hire a lawyer into this yeah. circumstance yeah. because you're going to need somebody who is trained to advocate Absolutely. for you and defend you against uh, uh, you know, good good a, sort of a crushable well, in
3: that case it's just uh, example lawyers
1: <laughs> oh uh, well I mean in my case I, I met the, here's an interesting thing <coughs> lawyers are generally smart people Right? all the schooling they had to go through right smart people tend to have gaming backgrounds in there somewhere right there are a number of gaming lawyers out there that you could likely track down with a little bit of clever searching and asking around and uh, uh, you will you may be able to find yourself in a uh, situation where you could favor trade um, you know, like uh, you know we will help you do, I'll help you do your art direction and layout on your your gaming project or whatever, I'll give you cool swag uh, uh, if you can do some like on the side spec uh, contract work for me. That can save you some money there too. Um, uh, and that is in in my case what I've uh, uh, managed to arrange with Justin Jacobson, who was uh, run who was published under the name Blue Devil Games, I believe in the past. Um, uh, he's a great guy, but also um, super busy at this point, so. Uh, you know, I'm not necessarily th- th- saying go go pound on uh, Justin's door, um, but uh, but there are other people out there who are, uh, you know, understand the gaming uh, circumstance, the 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 costs involved in that, and are willing to. And I would say not just
0: that. a lawyer, you could also have uh, a book agent, a literary agent, with yep. a lot of stuff too.
1: Right? Uh, yeah, yeah, there are literary agents and and the like who can work on
0: your side of the equation instead of on the, uh, the property holder's side of it. One thing I would, I would add, I think, is it's quite important too. Depending on the uh, knowledge of the licensor so or the people who you're the license probably from, they may not know much about role-playing games, right? You are obviously going to be a real small people, drop on the bucket as far as they're concerned. Be very clear to them that what you're doing is a, if it's a role-playing game, if it's a digital thing, it's different. But we set those that, expectations early. This is a print book. This is a published book. Do not overuse the word game to them because they might start thinking either it's video game or it's toy merchandise. Yep. And the license.
1: If is at, the at all games. possible, buy a sample yep. from another publisher and say we're planning on doing something kind of like this,
0: so they the, can see it, they can follow through, it, they can get an idea. The license will be different, and the and the royalties and everything else about the whole thing will be different if they don't understand what it is you doing people who are, have video game companies who get licenses based on, on uh, an Xbox game based on the Spider-Man movie, for example. Their deal with Sony is thousands and thousands and thousands of times huger than anything we could come up with. And, because, and if you yeah. say the wrong, wrong phrase to the wrong person, they're going to go, oh, well, then obviously the licensing cost should look like this. Yeah. <laughs> and then that may be something you can't actually quite easily repair because that impression becomes something that's cemented in their lawyers' minds and then that just deal won't
1: work. out. Uh, yeah, License, li- uh, trying to Trying to get a license for yourself, and as opposed to the license, license walking to you um, can be a, a situation of you get one shot here, if um, if you can get past the gatekeepers. Yeah.
0: it's the metaphorical. You have five minutes. Go. Yeah.
1: Yep. Yeah.
0: So it's rough. <laughs> well, it sounds like you have to find the people you can trust right off. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, any recommendations <laughs> on that? Where yes. then people go around? Uh, here's an example of something I recently pursued. Just something to see what would happen if we went uh, uh, towards a cartoon-type thing. Um, this wasn't with uh, the, the Marvelous Productions, but just doing something with some of the friends. And uh, we thought, well, we'll contact the creator of the show, right? Uh, the creator of this of this thing might be the one to talk to. And uh, cool conversation back and forth with them, and then finally, it turns out that that actually they don't own any of the ability to do that. There's no ability for this creator, unlike in some cases, uh, because they have actually sold it all as part of their deal with a studio or a network. And the network is much, much bigger than a guy who writes a cartoon. So that that, that was a kind of a wake-up yeah. moment. Too. That was a little bit of a maybe it's time to despair. Yes. <laughs> um,
1: uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, Cam has it right. Start with the creative person first. I mean, it, there's usually somebody fairly strongly identified with the, with the property. Um, try to reach them first. If you can't, try to find out who it is that represents them. Um, and if you can't, if you can't easily get the, to that information through, you know, their website or whatever means you have of, of uh, uh, starting your path of access towards them, uh, find somebody who lives in that world and can make a lateral connection. Like I, I might, for example, if I decided I wanted to license uh, a, a different novel series that uh, Jim's agent didn't represent, I could nevertheless probably talk to her and say, hey, do you know who represents, you know, whoever? Uh, and uh, uh, she probably does. Yeah. Because the the the, the, uh, the world of her peers is much smaller than my, the, the, uh, uh, for her, than it is for our sense of, well, I'm flailing around, I don't know that world at all, how do I find these people? Um, uh uh, so, I, I, you know, there's, there's, you start finding different angles of approach until you finally get your way in. Um,
0: a cool thing I think that's growing now is, uh, uh, like, online web uh, series and, and people who are really making their name and breaking out uh, in, um, online through YouTube and so forth. Because those uh, new markets that are opening up for licensing, which are pretty cool, uh, a good example, I think, is that, like, uh, the guild that Felicia Day uh, created Steve uh, Jackson Games did a licensed guild Munchkin card series mm-hmm. and that is something that, that uh, x Cop also Axe um, so Cop yeah. and um, uh, the guild are both com- completely came out of the web you know, that's, that's where they came from
1: originally that and, because, and from, because that's new media you're probably looking at a circumstance where a lot of the assets are more accessible yep. um, the creators are likely more in control of the property and more able to do, mm-hmm. do direct deal with you and they're probably uh, uh, small enough that um, uh, you know a lot of those percentages and prices and so forth are going to end up more affordable. So, so yeah. Probably
3: also younger and more hip to the role playing scene, Yeah,
1: exactly. I mean, there's there's a very high chance of them understanding what the <laughs> yeah, hell yeah, you're talking yeah. about.
3: Well, I uh, mean, you've indicated that. In, I mean, I know Jim played Amramush. I know there were dead the, you know, <laughs> background. Yeah. Um, but aren't there, I would expect that there'd be some pitfalls with gaming background uh, license holders.
1: It depends away. on how much they need to, they, they feel they need to control the system side of things. With, in, in Jim's case, he's like, you know, I, 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 <laughs> I don't know that I would want to play the role-playing game that you're going to create because it's going to feel too much like work for me. right? I you know uh, I, <laughs> I live with Harry Dresden enough, I don't need to play him. Um... Uh, uh, I, 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 and then you'll have other ones who are like, no, I want to read through the whole system and, and, and like how it behaves. But, um, I think those are rare, though, because, uh, you know, p- those people often don't have time to do that level of, uh, oh, no, of the that, that process. Is the there's,
3: there's some people that I've approached that their fantasy series is are based
0: upon games that they ran. Yeah, they're, like they're, I would yeah. say red flag immediately for that because yeah. you might not ever be able to convince to, to heart. Heart. Well, they want to see it happen, right? But for whatever reason, they didn't do it. But then don't forget, uh, that's a, a, a vanity thing for them, I think, in most cases, because their novels selling way, way, way more than anything, probably comes out of a role playing thing, depending on how it might how With Penguin, for example, or uh, RSC or whatever. Yeah. I mean, author,
1: authors are, are people that are going to have a very wide range of uh, possible reactions right. to that. What, what they want the approval process to look like, sure. what they want their. Uh, the, it, how flexible they are with ha- how you interpret their world, how, you know, that sort of thing.
0: It's, I mean, it's cool that some uh, of them even know what the game is that you last made, right? Yeah. Some of them go, oh, are you the guy who did this thing? And you're like, what? You know, that's cool. Others are like, I don't know what role-playing <coughs> is. Is it like the D&D? I
1: mean, but like back when the Wildcard series came out, you know, the GURPS, GURPS ended up doing a licensed mm-hmm. uh, thing of that, but the the, the the genesis of that shared world project was based on, I think, a Superworld yes. version Charism of the setting effect. that uh, George R. R. Martin was GMing or something mm-hmm. like that with a bunch of his author friends. Um, and, you know, they didn't say, oh, yes, we absolutely need the chaos and to do this. It needs to be a BRP version. <coughs> they had their fun in their own world, in their own way. And the, the, you know, so long as you're creating paychecks for them, they're, I, I, I don't think you're going to run into that problem quite as often as you might think you will. Yeah.
2: On the other hand, with the, the, our guy at Marvel... He understands RPGs. Mm-hmm. will like check the rules. When we send it to him for approvals. He's not just checking Marvel stuff. Like I think you don't have this right. I'm like, oh, glad you got that. <laughs> Actually,
0: my favorite, awesome. my favorite example though is that the folks at Electric, um, John Rogers, as you may know, is a gamer and, and a huge fan of games like Savage Worlds and through twenty other games. Uh, we're fortunate that he likes the one we leverage because it's a show. You know, he created this thing with the. Uh, um, Chris Downey, and the two of them together, I mean, I don't think that Chris is much of a gamer, but, but uh, John, <laughs> John is a huge gamer, huge, page. and tweets about things all the time. Well, what's neat, though, is that uh, he had to, he talked to the folks at Electric, uh, who were the, the studio and producers of the show, uh, what it was, what gaming was. Yeah, so he what.
1: took care of that whole,
0: yeah. make sure they're on the same page, understand that what they cool. are talking about. Think, and right. then what was next neat about this was... We, uh, when we got the manuscript done for Leverage, the role playing game was sent it to them for them to review. We expected them to go through and read it, make sure that we didn't like bad mouth any characters or do things that. They learned the rules based on our text, <laughs> and after that, went back to make sure that we were consistent with the rules that we'd said the whole way through. <laughs> they became knowledgeable about the Leverage RPG before most of the people who bought the game were, and I would say that is like going totally beyond. No way, that's that's crazy. I we love the guys there, and it, we, we've got a shot of, an image of them all sort of with a good, we we set them a crate of the box after it was printed, and there's a shot in a writer's room with John and all the writers sort of with copies of the book open. That uh, <laughs> <laughs> just makes me feel really cool. Yeah, like, that was, that's <laughs> awesome.
2: Any other questions?
3: So, what about uh, if you were working on uh, if you're using a property but you're just running games? And it's been very highly. Um, people enjoy, it. People like it a lot.
1: You're running your Terminator game, and yeah, nice. Like, if you've got that
3: background, you did you want to then explore that license. That can be a negative to nope. them to say that hey, we, we've been running this game, people like it. We'd like to turn around and produce it and sell it. it's not going to be a
1: no. I mean, I think I think game, right? uh, I think people are realistic about the the uh, you know, fact that people are out there enjoying their property, and uh, uh, you know whether it's writing their own private fanfic about it or, yeah. or whatever. I mean, you're not necessarily doing an activity that's all that distinguishable from their perspective uh, from that kind of thing. Um, the, the the point at which you start to create problems for yourself is the point at which that starts to become a public thing. Uh, because at that point, public is not too different from publish. What is um, public? Uh, putting up a download on the internet for okay. people to play your um Terminator game.
3: But running it at a Gen Con wouldn't be a problem.
1: I don't believe Probably it's, not. It's really it's really about the ability for you cre- accident, accidentally, maybe from their perspective intentionally, uh, creating the opportunity for a distribution and I an engine uh, engine. to, to yeah, yeah, exactly. get out. If you made a...
3: Your Savage Worlds Terminator fan page, and people can download your Terminator.
1: Yeah, that's where it starts to get a problem. That's where you might find yourself getting a cease and desist someday. Uh, yeah, you exactly. You're giving it away, well, yeah, well, giving away accounts as yeah, publishing. You, have,
0: what, you may not have been noticed before, but you certainly will be noticed now once you go to them and say, "Look at what we did! It's great!" And they're like, "Oh, okay." Yeah, really? I mean,
1: for producing something that says, "Okay, you know, we've been considering your property. We've had these play experiences that we can tell you about. Uh, it's getting this kind of a reaction." And uh, you know, furthermore, here's uh, what you know the final result would look like if we took this through to a fully published form. That's just a pitch, yeah. <laughs> right? yeah, All you've done there is a pitch that had to, that had a little bit of play testing front loaded on it, yeah. um, uh, and I, I think they will would regard it solely in that context. Yeah. Anybody else? I can try to figure out something else to babble about. <laughs> Did you have experience dealing with international companies like uh, for a property not in like mm-hmm. Japan or the BBC or anything like that? Is there any difficulty in here? Actually, I worked with uh, Cubicle 7 when they were uh, pitching the BBC on the Doctor Who role-playing okay. game. Um, uh, I didn't ultimately end up working on the actual product, uh, but they hired me to essentially uh, lay out their pitch proposal to the BBC such that they could print it up and it would look a little bit like the final product would. It ended up looking not at all like the final product would mm-hmm. because uh, uh, over the course of them get, getting the license uh, uh, who the doctor was no, who the doctor was didn't change hands but they, uh, but the BBC changed sort of the whole trade dress of what their doctor yeah. would look like yeah. um, so all of the assets that I had based that layout on were, were stale um, but nevertheless what they brought to, this is something the BBC had never seen before what they brought to the BBC was uh, you know a, a saddle stitched like 8 or 16 or 12 page or something like that uh, uh, booklet that had their uh, proposal in there but with like all the kinds of graphics that you might see in, in uh, inside one of those things and a little example of play and all the sort of thing and they put that down in front of the BBC and started uh, talking. to them. <laughs> I think the folks at the BBC were just like, "We have never received a proposal this this pretty before. It's you know well thought through. It's covering all of our questions already." It was really cool. Um, uh, yeah, I was I was very proud to have uh, helped them on that. Um, uh, but that was actually you know you, you say uh, uh, foreign market. Uh, uh, the Cubicle Seven is based in the UK, so that was actually still essentially domestic for them. Um, <laughs> I know Andy Kikowski, uh, uh, uh if you've seen the made RPG out there and, uh, or noticed his, possibly backed his uh, Tenor Adventure Zero uh, Kickstarter um, that wrapped up not too long ago, uh, he has he spent uh, some portion of his life living in Japan. Um, and he has been looking for like, cool JRPGs and bringing them over and translating them into uh, and, and English form, sometimes in a way that essentially says, oh yeah, okay, we're going to use these art assets and the concepts, but we're going to have to completely redesign the system so that it, it makes <coughs> sense for the way that the English language audience is playing. Um, and in that case, he has, he has told me that um, uh, being translated is seen as this huge prestige thing in the Japanese yeah. uh, role-playing thing, so he got very uh, very friendly uh, kind, of, kind of deals out of them. Uh, but you know, you're going to ha- potentially encounter a different cultural truth uh, in addition to whatever the corporate culture is that you're dealing with um, uh, for how our role-playing games uh, are behaving there
0: um, I don't know what more to say about that. Yeah, I've never had an experience with international licenses um, uh, I, I believe there are probably occasions where if you could look into it, you find ways to approach them much as you would anybody else, I mean the, the globalization of this kind of media market has made that a lot easier, <laughs> but as like Fred said, there's, there's going to be some kind of cultural thing you may not even expect. and yep. interact with them. Yeah, it could work against you, it could work for you. and In the case of
1: uh, Andy's experience with, at least with the RPG companies he's dealt with from Japan, that's very much in his favor.
0: And that's actually funny because sometimes what well, is actually actually licensed translations worth of, of original games. So you already have that RPG hurdle covered. These people know how games work because they make them. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you were to go to a, overseas overseas um, supplier of a movie you know that's filmed overseas or a studio that' was based out in say Canada I mean even even Canada is a, is a different thing from the states so um, that's ground that I haven't covered before but I believe that that once again is a good reason to have an agent or uh, a lawyer around to help you cover that you know foreign
1: and once you start getting into the financial parts of it beware of currency exchange rate fluctuations it can You know, you can think that you're you're about to get a big pile of money someday that's going to be, or have to pay out a big pile of money someday that is going to be a completely manageable cost until suddenly a wait, that needs to convert into euro and the euro just spiked in this way and now I actually owe them 50% more than I thought I would have did, you know. But the currency exchange snafu, I think, is what ended up ultimately sinking Guardians of Order Mm -hmm. Um, because they were selling a lot of product in the States, but they were, you know, Canada-based. And uh, so the, the, the money coming to them for the sale suddenly wasn't the size that they were, were needing it to be. And they had a lot of licenses uh, for a lot of anime properties. Yeah. You know, that they needed to support out of that money, so
3: and that affects everything. It's so you know, like yeah kind of off subject, but uh Kickstarters are getting manufacturing mm-hmm. done anywhere else it's also
1: Yeah, you can the the call me. fluctuations can, can can absolutely kill you. Okay. <laughs> And we're, doing, okay, yeah. we're doing great on time. Cool. Yeah. Still got another 13 minutes or so. Um,
3: question: about going to uh, game companies who have had the rights to license but aren't doing
2: anything. Uh huh. What would
0: you advise them to do t- mean, a game company that has a license already, which is making a thing the license. But
2: it's never made anything with license, or has it done so?
1: They own the rights to do something with, say, Amber.
2: Oh, you can't
3: <laughs> Wiz- Hasbro owns the rights to Maladopony. Right. Yeah. If, if- Hasbro is doing anything with a game like that, they do it through Wizards
2: of the Coast.
1: That would be statistically. Right, like, what yeah.
3: approach to do a game, What's the best way to go about that? Do you go to Wizards. Do you go to
0: Hasbro. You
1: go to Hasbro. Hasbro. Yeah.
0: Because ultimately, Wiz- Wizards isn't going to yeah.
1: have abs- a- any traction in that unless they've already started their conversation about yeah. doing something based on it. In which case, you aren't going to have a chance anyway.
0: Yeah. Um, I I think one thing to not to misunderstand is the relationship when owning companies is that the way it works. I mean, we dealt with Marvel when getting Marvel's license. We did not deal with Disney. Although Disney gets involved when you talk about international markets and so on. But Mm -hmm. like, you would go to Hasbro because it's their property. And if you went to Wizards doing it, a they wouldn't really do to help you. B Hasbro would be like, why did you go to there? Because there's, there's no necessary. It's not. It's not. Uh, A guarantee that the people who are in charge of a property that's owned by a subsidiary, for example, um, can deal with that. Uh, Like with uh, uh, Supernatural, for a while, uh, all of Warner Brothers' licensing was done through DC Comics. Even TV shows on the CW were (coughs) done through DC Comics, right? So we did not go to the WV or CW or anything else like that. You don't go to the the studio or the network. You don't go, hey, uh, CW, we want to license the. No, because they're they're all trails back to somebody. Once you find out who that somebody is, that's who you talk to. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's, there's a lot of detective work in in, in seeking
1: out a license. I mean, I I was joking to some people as I was uh, talking about this as being one of the panels that I was going on that my first bit of advice about licensing would be don't. (laughs) Right? My second piece would be. You know, wait for it to walk up to you and knock. That's you know, the opportunity is a lot better way to do it because the, the, the third way is oh god, you have a lot of lot of lot of searching around to do, and yeah. a lot of dead end conversations and potentially you know, you know you put a year into trying to hunt it down. You finally get the conversation with someone, and in five minutes that you you pretty much have gotten your no answer that you worked a year to find. Yeah, and I think know, that, that can
0: happen. I, right now, I think I'm probably. Uh, uh, 50-50 on success rate for pitching to companies for licenses. Yeah, but so, that's a very good success yeah. rate. Yeah, but that's that's pretty good. But I mean that I mean there are people who've looked. There are probably licenses out there which about 700 different people have asked to do it for something, yeah. um, and had uh, different responses from, depending on the time of day. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> Well, TV. and that's that's the nature
1: of sorry getting attracted to popular entertainments is you know there's <laughs> a lot of other people are getting that idea too and you know they may just already have a stock answer for that.
2: Do you have any advice for based on your awesome 50-50 rate?
1: Do you know why the failures failed, I or think... or
2: why the successes yeah. worked? Yeah. I mean, no, like, I do you have hate... any advice for how to to go about that?
1: Um, I, mean, I, I know I... that Marvel like <laughs> that you knew all kinds of. Amazingly obscure trivia about it.
0: Uh, yeah, uh, that was cool. <laughs> um, being a being a fan, I mean, I was obviously I, I have always been a big fan of Marvel Comics, and I still am. Luckily, uh, because it helps me do stuff I do. But um, uh, knowing what the license is between you have to do it is going to be obvious to people who who meet with, right? If you're calling for a meeting with someone, that's, and people sit down, you have these folks in there who you don't know who they are, they didn't announce themselves as being a VP of something or a COO of something else, you're like, oh, okay, I'm obviously outclassed in every other possible way. Uh, this happened to me, and so what, what I was just, I thought, okay, look, you just got to be honest about things. Uh, I designed games. Here's a role-playing games. Here's some of the ones we did before. And this was on a certain kind of level. And then at one point, um, uh, one of the guys who was like a really high up at Marvel Publishing, Uh, name-dropped a character, and I said, ''Oh, you mean so-and-so's girlfriend?'' And he was like, this guy, this guy. And I was like, in a totally New York kind of way. You're talking like, about like the Texas Twister? Oh. Yeah, Texas, Texas Twister and What's, what's Star. his girlfriend's and name? Star.
1: Yeah, okay. So, not like front and center no.
0: characters of the Marvel Universe. Who for a long time was a demon, which we don't even know. Oh, yeah.
1: okay. You see? See? <laughs>
0: so, the thing was, you obviously show a love or respect or a concern or a care for this property, and that's the thing that they can tell. Yeah. I would say that, that that most of all, that, is, that has That been, is
1: probably the strongest thing. I'm I mean, the the reason that the license for the Dresden Piles came to us was, uh, Jim, Jim had a conversation with his agent, which it boiled down to, you were nervous about doing a license for this with anyone who you don't think will treat your baby well. Don't you have some friends who design games <laughs> so you know will treat your baby well? And he's like, yes. And Then I got a phone call, and, uh, um, uh, but you know, in both cases, it comes down to the the amount of uh, uh, trust and obvious you know uh passion uh, uh for the property you can you can show there yeah. it's not the only thing that's going to get it get yeah. it for you. you you have to be able to put together a decent business deal after that point but uh, but that's that's, that's how your foot in the door you know wedges it just a little bit more open
0: yeah. and if you're
2: looking at a popular license that like a lot of people are pitching
0: that's, that's gonna make yours
2: yeah that makes you stand out
0: yeah uh, above the people who just bomb to get licenses and redistribute them, you know. Uh, But I think that there are people out there who who say, um, you know, companies even who bundle up a lot of things and say, we want to find a person who will sell this off to get um, revenue and some royalties and things. That's already showing you that they probably don't have a a great degree of um, uh, thought about it. They're just hoping that there'll be something out there to get it. Uh, I wouldn't say that's the people to go for, because it's weird, because they want a license but that's because they're trying to diversify their incomes. stream. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, that—that's all you are to them from a from a business perspective. My suggestion would be to never go anywhere near Star Trek, Star Wars, um, anything like that that's so huge. Apparently, anything with star in it. Yeah, uh, you, you can because fantasy fight did, but I don't think that as a small publisher you would have that. At you have yeah. like. I also think
1: backup. licensing is very dangerous territory to be going for, towards with <coughs> your your first thing. Says yeah. me who had that license kick off the existence of his company. Um, but but before we actually, but it not the, the first
0: thing we published. We published "Doomsday Head" and Spirit of the Century" first. Yeah. People um, who don't know the background of this can see you having this great track record of successful games <laughs> with Exactly. Yes. <laughs> yes.
1: They didn't know that we announced the license a few years too early.
0: Oh oh oh! oh don't do that.
1: Yes. <laughs> no. When you get the license, don't tell people. It might be really exciting really exciting, and you know you can be NDA about it. or You can be not NDA about it, or you might have a contractual obligation with the licensor to be NDA about it. But whatever. Um, don't make a big public splash about it, um, because people are going to wonder why they don't have the game right now. Uh, when you do that, yeah, they um, do and the imagine. longer that time stretches out while you're trying to figure out the the final bit of how to make the I don't know the whatever the name of that mark is ponies have on their ass. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, into, into yeah, the cutie mark into your cutie mark mechanic is, is really giving you it's really giving a huge pain. No, um, no, yeah, know. whatever. <laughs> you see... <laughs> to, I, I, I knew I was going to get rules lawyered by you there. Uh, no, we well, uh,
0: talked about the recognition. I, 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 I <laughs> defer yeah, your yeah, knowledge and know, Okay, good, good. To,
1: uh, this guy!
0: This guy! This
1: guy! Uh, that, I
0: mean, but, you know, uh, going off that, though, I think that... Um, you also want to make sure that you don't uh, just say, like, I-, "I am your greatest fan ever." Uh, I am going to be your creepy stalker. <laughs> don't don't creepy fan that. Creepy fan is also bad. Don't do the. Uh, look, who was it? Uh, I'm trying sure to remember. It was the actress uh, Sean, you um, know, Crazy Woman, who was in uh, uh, Men in Black Two, and she's first name Sean. She was in Dune. Oh, yeah. Okay, yes. You know, her. She showed up to to audition for Catwoman dressed as Catwoman. Apparently it would creep yeah, them all out. Yeah, And yes. that was kind of strange. So don't do yeah. that either. Tell me of your home world, Russell. <laughs> uh,
1: right. Uh, anyway. Uh, uh, I had what, another what that thought that I'd
0: probably completely forgot.
1: derailed there. Thanks.
0: Yeah. Thanks. you welcome. <laughs> you <welcome.
1: laughs> Okay, actually, tell us about how uh, uh, how a deal might fall apart.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, Among other the things. There, but there, are, there needs to be a way that you can figure out that you you get the sense this isn't going to work. Um, I, I would say that the licensor is probably going to say, show you a few signs or send out some signs or signals That's probably a bad idea to keep going. Uh, one of them is not answering email, ever. Uh, if you send like three emails in a row and nothing happens at all. And Hopefully in, like, separated while, by some amount of time. Right. Um, <laughs> not all in half an hour. Probably that isn't going to happen and then you should need to give it a break, right? Secondly, if you communicate with them in this back-and-forth talk and they ask you questions about, you know, uh, you know, what have you done before and so forth, if you give the impression that you have never done anything before and you don't know what uh, this is going on. But, is this
1: anything like Halo?
0: Yeah, uh, probably a problem. Your, your, your best thing, I think, and this is a, a good advice uh, given to people about any kind of thing, like a job interview or whatever, is you look in there uh, confident and acting like you know what you're talking about. Even if you're not sure about how the business stuff works, maybe you need to have some help with that. You can get caught out in doing that, so please do your research. No, no, yeah, but through. I'm saying your attitude should be that you know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Don't say things you don't know, but, but you know, yeah. have that. Yeah. So, um, and for those that fall, we haven't had one really that's just been like... <laughs> But
1: mostly, good. it's just the the communication phase breaks down early, or they don't understand the thing enough, and or they want to keep it to themselves, and yeah. they think they
0: can get a better deal. Yeah. Um, um, hopefully, you discover those as quickly as possible. The sad thing might be that if you talk to a creator, for example, at a convention, and, you, and you're having this great conversation, everything's really cool, and you say, "Okay, exchange emails, whatever you call it," you go away, and then the only thing you talk to next after that is this person's jerk uh, agent. Uh, that may be another sign that perhaps that didn't work out because the agents probably talked to the person and said, let's be serious about how this is gonna work out, this, 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 your money will be blah, and then that. Um, and they may just say, okay, well, it was nice to talk to you and everything else, but maybe not by right now. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think that's another problem, possibility. I mean, that, that, I guess, that, <laughs> I, I
1: don't wanna end on a down note, but the, the, it, I, it is important that when you are uh, deciding you wanna pursue a license, to be okay with the fact that you, that there's a decent chance you aren't going to get it, um, uh, and you know I think Cam, Cam's living a great life with regard to licenses in that uh, he's working with a company that tries for a number of them and gets some of them right. Um, you know, the, the, there's a certain bulk strategy there that uh, I, I think is awesome because okay maybe you didn't get the Marvel license but you did you know, maybe. Uh, you try for, I don't know, an Avatar The Last Airbender license and, and not get that because of something weird with Nickelodeon or something like that, you know, it, that, that's a bummer, but it's not your only thing that you're, you're hoping to do. Yeah. So that, you know, the, 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 it's important that you're keeping those, looking at as the many opportunity kind of thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and by the way, it's not about you.
1: It's, it's about. It's customers. not about. It's not about you. It's about business. Like I said, um, you know, if you look at it strictly from a business perspective, you are an opportunity to diversify their revenue stream. Full stop. Um, uh, the fact that they might also feel emotionally great about the fact that you're, you know, enthusiastic about it and can tell whose shooting star boyfriend is, um, you know, is is, is is how you get smiles across the table. Yeah. Um,
0: it's, a, it's a trust button but it's not like a okay, now sign here because you didn't introduce that was Yeah. It's mm-hmm. not going to happen.
1: This guy knows trivia. Let's give him a movie deal. I,
0: I guess it because out
1: Yep. Yeah, um, last night. So far, a lot of licenses you got
0: from people who actually understood gaming. Uh, how important is that? Uh, I would say that's not necessarily the case. Uh, I think people at the companies that we get licenses for, our contact people, uh, like with uh, we had Sean Kettleson at DC uh, with Smallville and, and Supernatural towards the end, Uh, and uh, uh, the model Brian there. These guys know gaming because they are gamers or have played before but they work in a big company with a lot of people and you can't really Mm -hmm. expect or assume an
1: insider like that once you've gotten the license can be very valuable to making sure that every time you know upper management changes and somebody needs to be re-educated on what the hell this license is that they put in the first right. place, somebody there is able to explain it to them concisely yeah, and in the local really company like um, I don't know how much it's going to help the deal make it happen because those people aren't necessarily like the stakeholders who are going to make those decisions.
0: Right, with Leverage it was true that John helped us out there but uh, no, that yeah, absolutely. it wasn't the case with DC to be a uh, supernatural stuff like or for you know, we, we had no gamer right there saying, "Great, I see, I sense a gaming tribe moment with us just sign this deal." Um, it was it was critical for our negotiation afterwards with how to manage our product schedules and approval and things. The approval process, yeah. That was fantastic because you know these guys know this stuff, but they're
1: not. Yeah, if the, if the gamer is involved in your approval process, that's actually where that's, you're getting oh, a, yeah. huge a huge the It's about it's about keeping it's, it's about keeping the gears greased. Yeah. Um, are,
0: uh, after the deal we after didn't talk about it very much but that, that is a very key part yeah. because if you get a license it's really great you sign the thing and it's all that money yeah. and then you never heard from them for a long time but it's impossible yeah. to get this back we were going to publish in summer unfortunately approvals took until winter yeah which is like a big Okay, uh, because then you have to explain to your distributor who you promised money to yeah. stuff to or just fans and, and so on and yeah. it's, this, is,
1: this is another reason why you want to be careful about what you say in public about
0: your license because so, like, promises you know, become truth rules. and then broken promises become a bad uh, thing. Well, that's the problem because sometimes the windows that don't, don't line up. You know, like the, the solicitations are upwards of three months or more ahead. Yeah. And you just got to hope, hope, hope that you get that thing worked out that time. Yeah. And a lot of time is just shoot by right past it. That's why you see these things slip. Anyway, we're
1: totally yeah. out of time. So thank you guys. Okay. You any more questions? Yeah. You know where to find us.